The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kule Agbayani along with Paul Brecht. Happy Aloha Monday. Hope everyone is still showing aloha on the roads today, uh, listening to the traffic reports and everything coming in. Apparently, it's craziness out there. I also got an alert via my phone on KHON2 that get ready for some traffic heading windward because the Like Like Highway Safety Improvement Project is scheduled to begin today. I'm not sure on all the details, as, as I mentioned right before we jumped on air, that came through, but wanted to let everyone know that you know, commutes or drives in that direction. That's coming up. So hopefully uh, we'll get you more information as the show goes along, maybe during a commercial break or whatnot. But please continue to show the aloha this morning as, yeah, it's 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 a little, it's a little wet outside, but the sky is still beautiful. Uh, I was just, yeah, with listening to all the traffic reports, I'm like, ooh, Taizo is just like, oh, slow here. Oh, there's this going on here. Oh, there's an accident here. So hope you guys are enjoying uh today so far and that you enjoyed your weekend but please continue to show aloha on the roads all right something fun that happened this weekend university of hawaii football spring glorified spring practice <laughs> i'm glad you <laughs> called it that well because and, and i feel like we probably should have done a better job last week of explaining the situation and and saying that it wasn't necessarily a spring game that we're used to, to seeing and especially what you will we'll see uh, throughout the rest of the country as other schools start I believe when I talked to my cousin Oregon's when is it until like April 27th but they do you know like a full spring game everyone's in pads it's basically simulated where Hawaii's one yesterday was you know a lot of the smaller game and just more of a glorified practice but nonetheless I'm glad fans were able to go out and watch. I'm glad I was able to go and see some of the new players because because I'm scheduled to be here to chat with all of you beautiful people on the weekdays during their practice time. I was not able to go out. Uh, Paul's has been able to go out a couple of times but haven't hasn't gone in a couple of weeks. So this at least was a chance for us to be able to see definitely some of the new players because, and we'll play the audio from Timmy Chang real quick, but one of the major emphasis going into the spring game or this spring practice time was to make sure there were no injuries. So that was a big reason why it was not an actual spring game because, and you'll hear him pretty much double down on it, that that was the main thing. We want to make sure there are still guys that didn't even see action. You saw like Logan Taylor more so like giving the defense the signals on the side. You know, we can't expect to see him until the fall because he's still recovering from his ACL injury. We saw Peter Manuma, who also had surgery in the offseason uh, on the side. He was actually like hanging out with Panay Pavihi. So that was pretty cool. So a lot of guys, Tylen Hines obviously is still they're still making sure he's okay, but we got to see a lot of the other new running backs that came in. So that was a big reason why for some of you fans that went out and were like, where is the actual like spring game thing itself? That was the main key of emphasis, because as we've been telling everyone, we have and how Coach Chef uh, calls Timmy. You know, we have killer Timmy right now. <laughs> Timmy wants to win. Timmy needs to make sure his team is healthy uh, moving forward. But before Paul and I kind of get into all of our sights and observations from the spring 
practice yesterday. Here is what head coach Timmy Chang had to say, which his first response that you'll hear is uh, his response to being asked if this spring training time will be this early. Again, again, it's the earliest in the country. Like no other school has even really started their spring practices yet. Timmy is it's like way ahead of everybody else. So that's his response to being asked. Is this what we can expect moving forward? Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to look at the schedule. You know, it, it depends when we start. It depends when we start school. Um, we're, you know, we're hoping to play somewhere deep in the, gen- the December or January this coming year. And, um, you know, it, it all it all depends. It depends when spring break falls. You know, and so we just got to look at the schedule and, and, and really just try to maximize the time and, and that you have with the guys. And then just look at the best way of trying to develop it. And so uh, that, that's what went into the decision. I can't promise Players. you that it'd be the same. Autograph session, uh, please. But I, I think uh, I think we got what we wanted out of 15 practices. Um, and uh, and it gives us a lot of time on the back end uh, now to get them uh, big and strong. How many guys, did you have a head count roughly of just how many guys were available for you today that you wanted to see get out there? Yeah, um, I, I, you know what, I, I really paid attention to the guys that I didn't want to get out there, to be honest with you. And so, um, you know, and, and that just does, you just don't want to risk the injury uh, being in the live situation. And so, um, but that, that's what led me to it. What are you hoping to see from you guys, uh, you know, between now and July? Yeah, uh, I, I think important. It's going to be important for us to continue to build the, 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 the team, the development, the, the individual development, uh, the understanding of scheme in the three phases. Um, their fundamentals, their techniques, got to keep coming along, getting bigger, getting stronger, getting faster. You know, we're going to pour all our resources into into getting into getting them that that way. And, um, and and we need them to be dedicated. We need them to be consistent. Uh, we need them to be disciplined. And so um, I think with the I think it'll happen with the, with the with the type of group that we have. Um, you know, I, I said before, man. I mean, you know, the for, the for the last two years, you know, they they, they took cracks, and, and now it's time for them to start delivering them. And so. Um, you know, that's that's the mindset that we want. And uh, it's, a, it's a big offseason for us. That was UH football head coach Timmy Chang following their spring game yesterday. I like the ending there. You know, they took cracks the last couple of years and they did. And that's why we also see Killer Timmy out there, because even though he's a coach and not necessarily play, a player, he was a player and a very good player. And that instinct and that will to win like never leaves you. He's, he wants to win. This is the year where you're supposed to show that you've turned around the program. Ideally, go to the Mountain West Championship and play San Jose State. That's what we're manifesting <laughs> here into the universe since we don't play them in the regular season this year. Uh, no, but as you heard him say there a couple of times even when asked like oh how many active players did you have he's like honestly I was focused more on the guys that I did not want to play like we saw Braden get more practice action but when they went to the 11-11 you saw a lot from Micah Alejado uh, John Keave Sangapolutele so which was good to see it was fun to see some of these newer guys go in I mean you saw them move Eddie Ose Nick Katia? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. If you but... are asking me to, <laughs> to help you out on that pronunciation. Basically, the sprinter that, you know, he's like the world record type of sprinter. Uh, the, he was at the wide receiver position when he first got here, but have a little difficulty learning how to catch the ball. So they moved him into the running back position and he looks humongous. You can tell he's still 
figuring out how to run like a running back or as a football player, but at least he's big enough to block a little bit. So that's something that can get inserted in there. So, but it was, those are the types of things that were interesting to see uh, this during the spring practice and 11 on 11, when you have some of your guys out, like, I don't even think Pafele Ashlock and Stephen McBride played in the 11, 11. Again, they were in the practice portion, you know, when they broke out into their positions and stuff. But other than that, there were no chances to be taken whatsoever with some of these key players, especially those wide receivers, because we need them and want them healthy. Going into the fall, we got to see Christian Vaughn, who looked pretty good as well. The Juco transfer from Butte College, originally from Las Vegas, Nevada. He's definitely very stout looking He's big on boy. the field. <laughs> like I, I wasn't sure what his number was at the time. And if you guys want to take a look at the roster again, you can get it at warrioralaccess.com. And I'm watching it and I see him run in and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Christian Vaughn. Because I've told you guys before on when I saw him at Brotherhood Grinds, I'm like, whoo, he's like just stacked. And sure enough, when I looked it up on Warrior All Access, I was like, oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's way, how I was expecting him to look and to run. The way I remember his number is that he is the biggest of the backs, or at mm-hmm. least looks to be the biggest of the backs, and his number is the closest to the offensive lineman. So he oh. wears number 47. Mm-hmm. Linemen start wearing numbers in the 50s. So I'm like, you know what? He is just, he, he's an athletic lineman. What can we say? We put him back there where... Uh, Solo Vipulu. Uh, well, that's exactly where I was going was us. He's like solo, except actually a running back instead of an offensive lineman. But he also has, has that lineman strength, it looks like. His legs, that's what it really is. is mm-hmm. He has tree trunks of like quads where you look at him and it's like, oh, he's going to be able to run through a couple of defenders. And he wasn't the only running back uh, yesterday who who flashed. Cam Barfield, the transfer from Boston College, a former mm-hmm. Another former Bishop Gorman guy, uh, he looked pretty good next to Micah Alejado, or Alejado, pardon me, uh, a lot of times. And it's it's fun to see these new additions to the roster because, like you said, it's not, or it wasn't the full flesh uh, mm-hmm. of the offense, especially yesterday, where you see you know, your QB1 and Braden Shager not take reps in 11-on-11 because, like you said, you know he does take some reps in seven on seven the one-on-ones the whatever I guess quarterbacks don't really do one-on-ones but you know what I mean yeah but in general he took a few reps but then Timmy not taking any chances with anybody who was a key contributor this past season and is expected to be a key contributor this upcoming season that was on the team this past year because we did see some of the new faces like you said Christian Vaughn see Cam Barfield you see uh DeKel Crowdis the transfer from Kentucky there he had a touchdown catch uh I think from Micah yes uh yes. which was actually right after another touchdown pass from Micah that was very very nice to um I think Tama and it was it was a very fun day overall where you got to see some of the new faces that are going to help out the Brotherhood this upcoming year, but you also, you know, saw a glimpse of the future too, because as good as Micah did look yesterday, like I just mentioned, Braden is still QB one, it seems. He very much so took yeah. that that starting job back by the horns, earned it back very quickly through these spring practices. And Pafele Ashlock said a few weeks ago there was no readjustment with Braden coming back where they had to the receivers needed to learn to trust Braden again or anything along those lines. So 
it, it was nice to see the starters or some of the starters get a break while some of the new fun chess pieces that this roster has started to get get a little bit loose out here in Manoa. Yeah, and even like you go and you look at down the receivers because I remember every time I'd see like kind of a new number catch the football, I always wanted to go back to the roster and. You mentioned Tama catching a, a touchdown pass. Uliata, someone that we he gray shirted, I believe, last season. Where I was surprised, like, oh, where is he? How come he's not? Because he was someone that stood out at Waipahu a couple of years ago, and he had committed and signed with the University of Hawaii. So when we didn't really see him in action uh, last year, I was like, oh, where is he? But now he's returned, so that's good to see. Another one who was getting a lot of receptions was actually uh, Carlito Cabanang Jr., wide receiver out of IAL High School. He was if you guys were there he was the receiver that essentially was like the size of a running back but because he stands at five six hundred and sixty five pounds I know a lot of us that I was with we were they were all like who's that guy because <laughs> he was like for that particular position you're used to just seeing just a little bit taller at least around the five nine height area at the shortest so to see a wide receiver standing at 5'6 and also an IA high school guy I uh, saw a little bit of Tama Toa Mokia Atimalala as you mentioned Kel Crowdis from Kentucky another one that was in there so that was cool especially to see the guys that are you're gonna assume are a bit ways down on the depth chart as well but be able to get those reps in because you don't know what's going to happen come the fall but don't get ready stay ready all right when we come back we will dive into what we saw from that quarterback position if you guys could tell I kind of refrain from talking about it because <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what it's on everybody's mind like how did the quarterbacks do as we briefly mentioned a little bit of Braden and Micah Alihado John Chiavesangapolutele of course Jake Farrell don't want to forget about him too he's still on the roster as well so when we come back uh, we'll give you our observations from what we saw from the quarterback position next on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. It's Wake Up in the Den. Alongside Paul Brecht, I'm Ku'ule Agbayani. Recapping yesterday's University of Hawaii football spring game, but as we mentioned to start off the show, use that term loosely, more of a, a organized, highly organized spring practice. But nonetheless, we were able to see some of the players on this team uh, in action, which was good to see. So want to get into the quarterback position because Mike Alihato got a lot of, you know, the playing time in the 11 on 11 because they wanted to make sure they, were, they weren't taking any chances with Braden Shager. Yes, this is still very much a quarterback competition, but in hindsight, you can't just... It's almost like for all of my MMA fans out there, it's kind of like when someone uh, competes for the championship. You know, you can't just... When the fight seems pretty close and it goes to the judges, usually it tends to favor the defending champ because if you're going to be the champ, you really have to beat the champ to earn it. So it's kind of like the similar quarterback situation where... Braden's going to be QB1 moving forward until Micah, John Kiave, or Jake can prove undoubtedly that they, that they deserve to have that starting spot over Braden. So when we talk about Braden being QB1 and 
if there's a competition or not. There's very much always going to be an open competition. I mean, our head coach is a quarterback, so he gets it. But I just don't want anyone to think that we ourselves are, you know, eliminating any of the other quarterbacks from actually competing. It's just I wanted to maybe make that clear and overemphasize that that's usually the situation. You can't just have a true freshman quarterback in Micah Alihado which he looked good, which we'll talk about in just a little bit, but can't just come in and assume like just because he looks kind of good and had some flashes of greatness here and there that, oh, Braden's out. Like, let's just give it to him. So just just for all of our friends that I know maybe aren't are still in the forgiveness zone, maybe not even in the forgiveness zone yet of everything that happened with Braden. Just so you guys understand, if we take the emotional side out of it, this is why Braden's QB1 moving forward until someone can prove again undoubtedly undoubtedly you got to beat the champ in order like convincingly beat the champ if you want to get that position yeah i i mean at the end of the day Braden was top five i believe in the yeah. nation last year in passing yards he showed success in the offense he he's very talented like just being calling a spade a spade Braden's mm-hmm. very talented kind of like you said uh you're not just going to hand a true freshman a starting job, whether it's Micah Alijado or you have uh, John Keave Sagapulatele, who's been here for a couple of seasons now, who's been working his tail off. And then, obviously, you want to talk about a guy who's been here a few seasons and working his tail off, Jake Farrell. I mean, guy has put his head down and worked for a long, long time. So you have three really, really quality, hardworking players there. But at the end of the day, like you said, you have to go and take the job, essentially. It's not, okay, we're looking for a new starter. Mm-hmm. It's, we're going to play the best guy, and you have to prove to us that you're the best guy because we've seen it from Braden. We've seen yeah. Braden do it at the college level, and that's something else I want to point out as well. Because you might hear that, and you're like, well, Micah was a top recruit. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, played for the number one team in the nation. And I hear you to all of that. And I, you, I know you might point to basketball and be like, oh, well, freshmen contribute right away there. Very different sports. Very, very different sports. We talk a lot about how football is a, a car crash on every single play. You want to give your guys time to be best prepared for that. So perhaps Micah does end up taking over this year. Maybe yeah. he is, in fact, the best quarterback on the roster right in this moment. The best college quarterback. But... He also needs to be able to take care of himself. He needs to be able to take those hits. He needs to be able to see over what is a revamped offensive line as well that is much, much bigger. We got a chance to see Christian Perry yesterday as well at left tackle at six foot six. You know, we've added some mountains of men on the offensive line. So there's there's a lot that we still need to see from Micah going forward. Yesterday was a phenomenal, phenomenal introduction to the home crowd for the first time. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you guys were there, you were you did get to see how you get, you did get to see those flashes from Micah and why he was able to be so successful in high school because he has a real zip on the ball. It 
you know, he has a quick release. He can scramble like he he was really actually fun to scramble. I will point out that that's something he instantly does better than Braden Shager, where he kind of is just like this quick, like speedy Gonzalez type of, of quarterback. Yeah. And, and you're like, all right. I, I mean, I get it. It's the spring practice. Obviously, they, they're not going to hit the quarterback. We know that they're not trying their hardest. The defensive line or the defense itself aren't trying their hardest to get to the quarterback or else they could probably be kicked off the team if anything happened to oh, any yes, of the quarterbacks. Yeah. We all know that that's a, a unspoken rule at this point or actually a spoken rule too where you don't hit the quarterbacks in practice. But nonetheless, he did show ways that he can really escape when he needs to. I think he made good decisions in throwing away the football when he needed to. So that was nice to see for someone that is a true freshman coming here playing against a lot of players that we mentioned there are a lot of new players in there, but still, nonetheless, there were, were some players, some veteran players in there, some older players just in age itself, maybe not grade, but for Micah being probably 18 years old, newly 18 year old, I'm not sure when his birthday is. He looked really good, really confident, really calm back there. And that's important to point out because I do believe the future is bright for him. If he can come in and look like that, for everyone that was able to to see it and the coaching side, it was nice to see that Dan Morrison was constantly in the ears of the quarterbacks. And we mentioned this before, Timmy Chang was very much, you know, I don't want to say on the side, but you can tell he was just pure observation mode, which I think is the best situation for a head coach because you can focus on all the key pieces and not just calling the plays and focusing on the quarterback. Now you bring in Dan Morrison. That's who Timmy Chang trusts wholeheartedly. He doesn't need to oversee or overshadow or anything that Dan Morrison is doing with the quarterbacks. Now Timmy can focus on the bigger picture. That is the offense and of course the defense too, but that was good to see where it's just constantly Dan Morrison and whoever the quarterback was. And you saw Timmy just, observing as it should be yeah i i was happy to see a, a lot of things that you just <laughs> touched on one of the biggest things you said micah threw the ball away a few times yesterday and that's something that oftentimes with young quarterbacks especially i mean all the way up through the professional level you see mm -hmm. guys try and make a play out of nothing Tua. and well and it's not just it's everywhere where you see guys try and fit the ball into a tight window instead of living to play the next day. And that was what encouraged me the most with Micah because it showed me his processing really is as good as it's kind of been rumored to be mm -hmm. coming on into college. Whereas, like, this is a guy who is able to process things on the field very quickly. He makes the appropriate decisions. And, I mean... I it's kind of obvious he didn't throw an interception against very top-level competition his entire senior season. It's very impressive, no matter who you are. Like, that's very, very impressive, just not even to luck into one or bad luck into one. <laughs> and I think he threw, at least on 11 and 11, I think he only threw one. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, there those mistakes are going to happen. You're yeah. going to want to try and fit the ball into tight windows. But it's when it is very clearly nothing is there, he threw the ball away. And that was that was nice to see as well. It's one of those little pieces of the quarterback position that I feel goes under the radar oftentimes. And uh, to build off your Timmy Chang being able to see everything else, that's part of the nice part, like you said, to have Dan Morrison there where 
he can go through and you you talk through each play. You talk through a, a series where yesterday it seemed like they were getting five, six snaps before switching to a, another quarterback. Each of the mm-hmm. sessions were about 10 plays each. But it, it was nice to see that because Micah wasn't the only one who had a good day yesterday. John Keave Sagapulitele also had some pretty nice moments tossing the ball around the yard uh, and got some got some pretty good cheers mm-hmm. from the crowd uh, when he was tossing touchdowns. Yeah, so it's I think we can be positive looking back on the spring and it just yeah. it feels so weird. It, it's nice because it's nice that we didn't have too long of a break between, you know, NFL ending and University of Hawaii football being here, but now it's a longer stretch. <laughs> Still, like, we have the NFL till, till they come back, and then yeah, we have the NFL coming up in a little bit with the draft and everything. But it is weird. But at least now, you know, Hawaii football will end, and now a lot of the other, especially Division One colleges across the country, will begin to start their spring practices and have those spring games that are like nationally televised that we see all over. But this was a nice little um, sprinkle of fun that we got to have yeah. in in the month of February. And like Timmy said during uh, the clip of the interview that we played for you guys they'll continue to look at the schedule if it's going to be this early every year moving forward that is left to be seen he mentioned yeah you we hope to be playing you know into late december maybe early january one day so that's all the adjustments that they will look to make heading into you know the fall and more seasons to come i did (laughs) i did like how um because we don't know yet about their schedule. Like, they still have a couple of games to fill. There was a little, uh, there were no hints dropped or anything, but it was like, he's just basically, it was generic, like, our first game. Because <laughs> we're like, we don't know who we're going to play yet. That's still left to be seen. Whether it's another FCS school that gets added, uh, we will see. But a lot of positive things yesterday. Shout out to the crowd that came out. It seemed like there was yeah. a pretty good amount of, fans in attendance that even stayed throughout the whole time and and a lot of kids that were entertained they had their food trucks they had the beer garden for all of the adults and I'm assuming maybe people came over from the baseball game so there was a lot of a fun going on in Mano and it was nice to see that I was actually kind of surprised with the amount of fans that were in attendance I'm not gonna lie yeah it was a pleasant surprise uh I mean I I saw Eric Matthews afterwards and I I gave him another pat on the back because he just, him and his crew continue to do a nice job with the extracurriculars of all these events as well. Because, oh yeah, how's that kid? Uh, the well, quarterback. And that's kind of where I was about to go was, you know, we have this great practice and whatnot, but you mentioned the food trucks. We have DJ Wizard, who's been a, a mainstay at a lot of UH events. And then in between each of those sessions that I was referring to before, the little 10-play segments, you have these fun games where you bring... I was going to say local kids out, but but anybody in attendance because there was a local kid uh, who, who, I mean, goodness, he threw the ball all around the yard himself and showed off a cannon 10, 20, 30, 40 yards directly to the chest to Pafele Ashlock and uh, Stephen McBride, which was super fun. We were all joking up uh, in, in media row that... I, I hope the kid didn't leave without a scholarship offer in hand because... Uh, well, we were joking where we were sitting because the where it was happening, the his back was faced towards us majority of the time, and then he turns around and he has like the St. Louis logo oh, on his yeah, chest, yeah, and we're yeah. like, juice! Of course he's wearing a St. Louis t-shirt. It, it was very, very funny to see. And then uh, other than that, you have uh, a nice 
kicking performance from an Aussie kid who, I mean, he missed the first one and then drilled two other ones, uh, the second of which was five yards further back because Ben Falk was like, well, if you made that one, we're going to make this a little bit harder. Stepped right up to the plate, did it, no issue. And then we had a nice uh, little session where Braden Shager played catch with an 11-year-old kid and kid caught two touchdowns, one from 10 yards out, another from 20 yards out. It just seemed like another really fun day in Manoa. And that's what has kind of become the norm under Eric Matthews' tenure as as the events and marketing guy over at UH. So I just I wanted to give him a shout out too because and obviously a shout out to all the fans because they have been phenomenal throughout this season and throughout the the off seasons before where it's just you want to support the young athletes and that's exactly what happened yesterday. I do also one final shout out to to go continue on the conversation of uh, some of these little games that went on. Shout out to that that young lady that was very very smart. So it was a drill, basically a contest where <laughs> oh, I don't know bad who, job I, by me. I don't know who the lineman was who, but basically there was a lineman and then the the contestant, which was this young lady, had to try to get around the lineman to get to the football dummy. But she was a genius and her first try, she actually like is trying to get around and then she goes through his legs. <laughs> it was, was like, that was genius by her. And obviously she got another chance and he was kind of more, he's better prepared and was playing defense between his legs too. And, but I was like, that was brilliant by her that she just went through his legs. Bad job by me not to give the the young woman her flowers because you're right. That was, that was honestly I think that might have been the best part yeah. of all the fans, like the, the fan games, because she really, I think it was what Luke's or Luke Felix Fuolo. Oh, is that who it was? Or, or <laughs> I might have, might have switched his last name. It's hyphenated. I know. But it, yeah, it was one of the best linemen on the bows. And she, uh, to her credit, she outsmarted him. So <laughs> it was, it was very, very funny. We got a good chuckle up, uh, up in media row with it. I love it. All right. I got to take our break. We're way past the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we will change it up and recap some University of Hawaii basketball. When we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den alongside Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Happy Aloha Monday. Mahalo for tuning in this and every weekday morning on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, hawaiisportsradio.com, wherever you get your podcast, anywhere, YouTube. Um, we appreciate all of you guys that listen in. All right. We've talked a lot about University of Hawaii football. Now, just going next door and talking some Rainbow Wahine and Rainbow Warrior basketball. Nice wins for both squads on Saturday. I do want to almost link a little bit of, not a situation, a positive thing that uh, Paul was able to observe (laughs) from the spring game. Uh, So the Rainbow Wahine got a nice win on the road at Long Beach State, 80-68 to to remain at the top of the Big West Conference. However, towards the ending of that game, a little bit of a scare as Imani Perez, like they didn't replay exactly what happened, but she seemed like she was a little hurt and then she had to be helped off the court uh, (laughs) unfortunately for Paul he he 
I stepped away he from stepped the away TV for the, 45 and seconds. And I'm like texting him like, Imani, like in all caps or something. And he's like, what happened? Like, what? Oh my gosh, you might be injured. And then fortunately, Paul, tell us what you saw yesterday. I, I did thankfully see Imani walking around uh, and she didn't have a boot on, which is always a, a good sign, especially considering we saw Brooklyn Rewers out for, I mean, goodness, we still haven't seen her back mm-hmm. now and it's been... What six weeks, maybe more? Yeah, it's it's been a while, and um, it, that was the biggest worry right away. Did see Imani yesterday? She seemed in good spirits. I think she was with Jackie, um, and uh, everything everything was good. You know, vibes were good at the football game. I didn't ask her about any injuries or anything yeah. because you know I would not want to be tracked down <laughs> like that. But it, it was nice to to see her out and about and not on any crutches or any boots or anything like that. So it doesn't mean she won't miss the next game. It doesn't mean that she she isn't injured at all. But it does seem to be that she is not overly out for the year type injured, which was obviously a, a concern immediately when she needs to be helped off the floor when she's being checked out by the athletic training staff mm-hmm. behind the bench. And, you know, it, it was just, it was a nice thing to see to kind of close out the the weekend before we head into what is a massive week upcoming for both the men and the women. Yeah. And I, when you texted me, I told my group that I was with who are huge supporters of university of Hawaii athletics in general, but Definitely, they go to a lot of the women's games. Uh, they're the people that, you know, they bought all the courtside seats, like the entire courtside row for the Big West Conference tournament. So when I told them about Paul's text coming in, everyone was like, oh, thank goodness. Because, again, like Paul said, it doesn't mean she might not miss the rest of the regular season because we know we want to make sure all the players are healthy heading into the tournament. But the fact that she was one, she was there because if it was really serious, they'd probably want to make sure she stays off of whatever injury it was and then prep for surgery, all that kind of stuff Uh, Two, that she wasn't in a boot. So, again, that's a good sign to see. So just the fact that she was there and there were no clear signs or not on crutches or anything like that. So we'll find we'll hopefully. Well, I don't know if we'll find out this week. We'll see more. We will get. A little more insight if uh, we chuckle a little bit because if there's any coach that is very very tight lipped on the status of her players, it's Coach B. <laughs> like we try to ask and like she'll give she'll it's and she has so much fun with it. Oh yeah, I always bring back where someone asked her about Brooklyn Roars and she's like, I can tell you she's still on the team. <laughs> so that's and we love it. I get it. Like you want to make sure everything stays hush hush. So I don't know how much we'll find out this week about. Imani's status but just pure observation it is good to see that she appears to not have anything that could potentially I want to knock on wood but potentially be overly serious and that we will fingers crossed have her healthy and ready to go by the time the tournament starts because we were talking all about how man if like once Brooklyn's healthy and then you have Imani and then you have Jackie David who probably by the time the tournament comes around she'll be even more so in game shape, right? Because she's been recovering off of that season-ending injury, being not being able to play in games for so long. And just that trio of the front court, like, oh my goodness. And you have two out of the three that can shoot the outside. And Brooklyn, I mean, she can shoot like maybe about six feet away. So she's quite the shooter herself. And this team is just, they look so poised and really confident. I mean, they've been in the big 
game and it at the big dance the last couple of years Deja Phillips I definitely don't want to forget about her and her accomplishment on Saturday she set a new career high with 29 points shout out Deja I mean they just look phenomenal all the way around and if we get Brooklyn back and they all stay healthy I mean I just can't you, you there's a reason why they play the games you never want to say never correct but I just don't know. On paper, on paper, there is no other team in this conference that can match a overall healthy Rainbow Wahine basketball squad. No, I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. And it's just a simple respect, like giving the flowers to the champs because this is a back-to-back champion squad who returned most of everyone from last year's team and the team before that. Uh, You know, obviously you have changes from that squad, but... You've replaced them now at this point. And the big thing with these Rainbow Wahine is they're multiple. You look at them and they have multiple options at different places. And they have different lineups that they can play. And it's it's a fun little chess match every single time they're out there. I'm glad you bring up Deja, her career high with 29 points. And just a, a great second half, 22 points there. And it's just, she is exactly what every great team needs and that is somebody who can just go get a bucket whenever and whenever Mm -hmm. she decides to put her mind to it want to give a shout out to Melani McBee as well she finally moves up into third all time in the uh, Rainbow Wahine history books for made threes so shout out to her for that just one of the the greatest long you know, long-range shooters. Milani McBee, 4-3! Mc3 out there. <laughs> so she she was awesome. The 80 points that they put up against Long Beach, a season high, surpasses the 73 that they put up against San Jose State back in uh, beginning of December. Mm-hmm. So it, we talk so much about the men playing their best basketball at the best time, but it, it's kind of funny because the Rainbow Wahine have just been rolling so much it feels like they're starting to play their best basketball at the best time as well though uh, i would i sound like coach beeman here <laughs> i would say that their defense has had a couple of moments here and there recently where they've been exposed and i'm sure they would like to clean that up heading into the tournament so that's why you still have a few more regular season games but nonetheless this team uh, you know, to quote uh, somebody who knows what he's talking about, this team looks pretty nasty. <laughs> that 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 guy that knows what he's talking about is something that was said uh, during the media day, long before they even were in action. So yeah, yeah we should yeah. get that guy on the show. I don't know. I, who, but, knows? <laughs> who knows? Nostradamus. Uh, so Thursday is a huge game. We mentioned that you know the attendance record and everything was broken, and a new record was set during their game at UC Santa Barbara. But you guys, this week coming up is huge one of the blemishes on their record was against uc davis at uc davis the rainbow wahine lost by 10 61 51 that is who they played this thursday so we want to see you guys out there getting loud for the home team seven o'clock p.m at the simplify arena at stan sheriff center and of course we want to see you on saturday for senior night as they take on uc riverside now on paper, we only have one senior in Ashley Tom, so that'll be it'll be a night just all for her, I guess we could see. Well, and then I know there's still some decisions to be made as well, but only Ashley. That's how that's what makes this as team now, even scarier because if it is going to indeed be only Ashley that leaves, 
Oh my goodness. Well, because I sit here, I think about that where it's like you add Jovi into Ashley's spot. That's right. Where it's like you you hate to lose Ashley, but you add another talented player and then somebody like Jovi. I mean, it's take one piece out, put another one in. It's so much fun. Oh my goodness. So much fun. All right. Got to step aside. When we come back, we will recap some of uh, what happened in the men's game next on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Kuule Agbayani and Paul Brecht on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. It's Wake Up in the Den. All right. Get into some men's basketball talk to close out the show. There was a lot that went on this weekend. Uh, we'll definitely... I guess go back and forth as the week goes on because we, as we know, Paul is always out there getting all of the uh, media avails that we can from the coaches and players. So we'll definitely dive into baseball coming up this week. They had a really good series against a nationally ranked team in NC State. I firmly believe they would have won yesterday had the game gone to nine innings. But, you know, that's that's just me. <laughs> I'm just going to. Yeah, only you <laughs> think that. That's Hey, they were only they only lost by two runs. They were gaining that momentum. The game hey, got I'm cut early. I'm fully kidding because <laughs> there was outrage on the old Twitter machine yesterday about it where I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> you, you'd think it's a foregone conclusion that the Bows were going to win yeah. yesterday. I was like, whoa, goodness, which. They were. Yeah, so, they were. So, so. We should, they, should give it, we, they should give us we they should give us that win just because we know that we were going to win for sure. They had that had that game gone to the ninth inning as it should have gone. Yes, like Paul just said, they scared. That's why. They but scared. It's okay. We'll, we'll get Bridge Hill's <laughs> thoughts on that uh, again, probably in the next couple of days. So going back to basketball, uh, men's basketball, having a, a win themselves here on anime night. So that was nice. 73-65 over Long Beach State. They just keep rocking and rolling. And Paul, have you changed your stance yet about what? It will look like when Jovan gets worked in completely back into the lineup and how we see. Or is it just something that it was just the timing that like, all right, Justin McCoy is someone that we've been waiting to play his best basketball, putting up 29 points the other. I mean, excuse me, 26 points the other night. And he's just flowing like we thought he would being at that he was playing at one of the highest levels in college basketball and now he has that confidence but do you think once Jovan gets worked back into his usual minutes like I don't know because now I feel like Justin's kind of taken over he, he's taken responsibility now and he's kind of almost taken over where we're used to seeing Jovan handle the basketball a lot and really the one that goes and takes over the game or do you think this will just be the best timing for everybody? And once Jovan works his way back into his regular minutes, we could see an even more dominant team than we're already starting to see turn the corner and play their best basketball. Anyone who knows me knows that I have not changed my stance on this. <laughs> Jovan McClanahan, I'm, I was ex- incredibly excited to see Vaughn back this past Saturday. Uh, just... One for him, yeah, I know how hard injuries can be yeah. to go through mentally. One well, is a shoulder injury, so. and that's it's brutal. So it was just it was really nice to see him back out on the floor. No, I think that this team is honestly clicking at the right time. Justin, 
this is who we always thought it was going to be. And he's finally worked into what we wanted him to be. With that being said, we saw Javon. He came in and immediately the first thing he did, assisted a Justin McCoy basket. So I don't think Vaughn has any issue taking a back seat of scoring at all, but it is a great thing for the Rainbow Warriors to be going into these final few games of the regular season. And with that said, going into those games, working Javon back in, making him comfortable going into that conference tournament so that he can fit into this new role that he was just starting to get into before he was injured coming off the bench and He's a great creator. He's somebody who, yes, he scores very, very well, but he's also somebody who can set up teammates in roles that they really need to be set into. So I'm excited to see what he is able to work himself up to by the time the Big West tournament comes. Obviously, the Bows need to still clinch officially, but nonetheless, I've got a pretty good feeling that they will, barring an absolute collapse. So I am of the belief that adding Javon McClanahan is uh, excellent for <laughs> Hawaii going forward. I said it on Twitter. I will say it on here. I will say it wherever <laughs> anybody asks me. Uh, you will never convince me that adding an all-conference caliber player to your rotation is a bad thing. It is on coaches to figure out how to make it work. I believe in our coaching staff to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, and one thing that we it's nice to see right now and Noel Coleman I believe you asked Noel about this during the post game which you guys can watch on our YouTube channel uh about it seems like they're pushing the pace a lot more which is something that Paul and I had brought up preseason when we went to a couple of practices like oh they really look like they're starting to push the pace and then when the season kind of started especially the conference season it felt like that they slowed down a little bit but now the last few games especially that game on Saturday they really were pushing the pace and that also makes the game more fun to watch. Like Saturday was fun. Like it was fun basketball. We talk a lot about how the women play an incredible game and their games are really, really fun just the way that they play with each other. But now this men's team is getting to find themselves and yeah, push the pace, be a lot more entertaining because I know a lot of fans were, you know, taking issue with that as, hey, you're, you're, you pay to go to the game. So you want to be entertained. And it was feeling like it was lacking in that sense. But Saturday was a lot of fun. It was good basketball to watch, watch. So I hope that that will indeed continue. And now that they've found their rhythm, what we've been expecting this entire season better late than never though so hey yes. it was and i hope you guys like continue to go out obviously they're on the road this week and then we'll wrap it up or the at least the regular season next weekend huge games to win on the road cuz they want to continue that upward rise in the conference i know some of the other teams that they're battling with have quite the schedule ahead of them to finish off this conference schedule where Hawaii has a very winnable schedule to close things out. So we will see. Maybe they'll sweep on the road and we'll see some big crowds next week at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. But I definitely want to point out that that was a big thing where I'm like, wow, this is entertaining basketball now. This is what we've been expecting. Now they're starting to figure out. Now they're pushing the pace a lot more. And you can see that that is what works. So 
We need to keep doing that, please. Yeah, I mean, even Noel admitted that it's a more fun brand of basketball, that it was something that they did. It was a stated goal for them in the preseason that they wanted to play faster, and they kind of started to struggle with that during the regular season. We did see it this past weekend. It creates easy baskets, and Coach Gannott talked about it when he addressed the media post game as well, where it's, you know, there are a bunch of things you want to do on offense, not just play in transition, but a big part of transition is that it creates those easier looks, those rhythm looks for your best players, your best shooters, your Noel Coleman's, your Justin McCoy's, so on and so forth, and makes their job far easier, which in turn makes it far easier to <laughs> score, which in turn makes it far easier to win. Who would have ever thought? So, Which in turn fans want to see. <laughs> yeah, which in turn fans come out and watch. So, uh, you know, it's a chain reaction of great <laughs> things happening for the Rainbow Warriors. They need to keep it going now on the road because they do have a tough task against UC Davis as well. Yeah, all right. So we hope to see you guys there at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center this week. Uh, also, of course, next week to close out the basketball season. And then we will see what happens come tournament time. But we do have the post game available with Noel Coleman and head coach Iran Gannat available on our YouTube channel. Also from earlier, you can hear from head coach of football, Timmy Chang and Micah Alihado also on our YouTube channel. So be sure to check it out. But we got to go for Paul. I'm Kule. Bye.